And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The whole week that we had just heard about was really set up perhaps hundreds of years beforehand, thousands of years beforehand. And I don't mean by the hand of God setting it up in God's providence necessarily. I mean in terms of the way that we often take our faith and belief in God and we seek to protect it because we seem to have some thought that God needs protecting, that the way that we understand God needs protecting. And so the people of Jesus, his brothers and sisters in the faith, his Jewish brothers and sisters throughout time and history protected God. And in the time around that Jesus came, they protected God by being very careful about how they interacted with the powers and the principalities of the time, the Romans. They had a very carefully crafted relationship with the Roman oppressors. And what that meant was, as long as there weren't insurrections, Jews didn't die. Well, very many Jews didn't die anyway. Before Jesus came and after, those who would lead some sort of insurrection against the Roman Empire who came out of the, the Jewish faith, they would find the leader, they would kill the leader, and they would generally get rid of all the rest of those who followed that person. And everything could just remain as it was. The system that was in place could stay. And part of that understanding from the Jewish point of view is that God is in some ways inaccessible. The curtain that hung in the temple was the curtain that stayed between even the priests and God, because the belief was that if you entered into the presence of God, if you saw God's face, you would die. And so once a year, if you, if you know this religious scholars, once a year they would tie a rope on a priest who basically drew a lot. You know, they, they rolled the dice and it was your turn. You went in once a year. They tied a rope on you because if you died in there, no one else, they didn't want anybody else to go in there. They could pull you out. And you went in and did whatever business you needed to do, and then that you came back out, and usually they were looking for some message from God during that. So this curtain was tremendous, beautiful, thick, and a barrier between the people and the experience of Almighty God out of fear, out of righteous fear, yes, and so this was set up, this confrontation was set up because as Jesus began to talk and to preach and to teach, he really was saying about this system, you may be doing it right, but you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You may be performing the rituals 
You may be giving your tithes and offerings, but where is your heart? Today, the theme is as we draw on courage in that core, that heart. We draw on the heart of things. Jesus says, where is your heart? Where is your intention in all of this? Because it seems like to me that you practice the rituals, you go through the motions, and you protect yourselves instead of really engaging with God. These rituals, these sacrifices are meant to really soften the heart, to help you care for the stranger, for the alien, for the widow, and for the orphan. And yet it seems like what you are doing is you are just laying up treasures for yourselves. You are protecting the systems and the powers and the principalities. And for Jesus, just like for us, it would have been easier to go along, right? I mean, he could have practiced his Jewish faith just like however many others of his brothers and sisters in the Jewish faith were practicing at that time. He could have just gone along to get along and felt like he was being a faithful person, Right? protecting his house, in a sense, protecting the system and the way that things are. But, as he said in a recent scripture passage that, that we read, he said, well, what should I say? God, I mean, he's, he's beginning to walk down this path, right? After he's baptized in the River Jordan, he's out in the wilderness and he chooses this way of being, this way of being the, the Messiah, which is going to challenge the system. It's not going to use the power of God as a manipulative tool or to just, to just shore up the systems that, that are in place for some reason. He is going to challenge it to seek to bring it a new life. Not to destroy it because it is bad in and of itself, but because, as we would say in the church, sin has crept in. Our human tendency to screw things up has taken over. Our human tendency to protect ourselves at all costs has taken over. And so Jesus is going to walk this path, and he says, what should I say? God save me from this hour? No. For this hour I have come. For this hour I have come. For this reason I was born. For this reason I was sent here by my Father. For this very reason. This is the path that I must walk. And he invites those of us who would be his disciples, those of us who would say that we are his followers, to follow him on that path. And the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. He invites us in every time and in every place to draw on courage. Earlier in the Old Testament, in the book of Joshua, it says, Be strong and courageous. In other places, when angels and, and heavenly visitors come to visit people who God is inviting on a path, 
What do the angels say? Fear not. Because guess what? There's something to fear. Our tendency is to, is to get afraid and to be fearful when we are called into something of which we don't know the ending. When we're called to walk a path that is going to be difficult. I mean, it is easier. It is easier to deny that call to deny the call to walk the path that Jesus walked ahead of us, to walk the path that we must walk. It is easier to remain in our echo chambers and to just listen to the people that that think like us, that believe like us, that look like us. It is easier. Lord, don't I know. It is easier in some ways to, to put our head in the sand, to use a modern metaphor. But that is not what we Christians are called to do. That is not what people who follow the way are called to do. The path that we are called on is not a path that is easy or uncomplicated. And sometimes I think, and you've heard me talk about this before, sometimes I think that modern preachers and maybe all throughout time that it has been this way, that they say, well, you know, if you just get right with Jesus, everything is going to be perfect in your life. Everything's going to come your way. Everything, you know, you're going to have all the money in the bank account you need. You're going to have all your relationships are going to be great. Every, every disease is going to be healed. Everything is going to be just fine. Well, everything is going to be just fine. Because the curtain of the temple has been torn in two from top to bottom. There is no longer anything that stands between us and our experience of Almighty God. In Jesus, we see God in God's fullness. We see God in God's full power. We see that God is with us and for us and is calling us on a path of difficulty, a path that takes courage a path that takes generosity, a path which will draw out of us every single thing that we can give. And that's not a popular message, is it? Right? We'd all much rather hear, oh, well, follow Jesus, and it's, again, it's all going to be fine. Every, every, everything's going to be healed, all that. Yes, in the end. And we are here and we are now and we are being called on a path every single day. Jesus getting on that donkey and coming into Jerusalem was a political act. And I know that in our churches, you know, and in life, right? What are the, what are the three things you're not supposed to talk about in, in nice company? Politics, religion, and what? Money, right? Yeah, we're, we're actually, uh, just, just, just an aside here, a little chicken scratch. Uh, we're actually more willing to talk about sex than we are about money in our culture. What really is our God, right? Just, that's a little aside. But politics, as somebody reminded me this week, politics is the way that we have decided to organize our world. 
Because politics is about the polis. It's about the people. If you drive on this road out here, you're engaging in a political act. Because it was politics that put that together so that road got paved. Right? If you live in a house somewhere that is within some sort of, you know, zoned district, you are engaging in politics. For those of you who live in places that have HOAs, you know this times 10. But I'm just saying, like, we're engaging in politics. So if somebody says, well, I just don't get political, that's baloney. Did you get up this morning? But Jesus engages in a political act that takes courage because apparently the Roman governor of the area during the Passover would ride in on a donkey because in the Bible it said the Messiah would ride in on a donkey. And so Jesus rides in on a donkey and where does it lead? The curtain of the temple is torn in two from top to bottom. This political act foments the rest of the system to get wound up and to get rolled into work. The leaders are like, listen, hey, it's good for one person to die on behalf of the people, man. It is just, it is good for this because we don't need the Romans coming in here and squashing all of us. If we can get rid of Jesus, and part of the reason why they wanted to get rid of Jesus is he had just raised Lazarus from the dead and people were like, oh my gosh. This has got to be the Messiah. He's going to lead us in a political revolution. They wanted to touch Lazarus. They wanted to see him. And the leaders were like, we got to kill both of these guys. Better that one would die so that we can keep the system. Right? The path that we will walk is difficult. But it is the path that we must follow. It is the path that we were made for. It is the path that we were born for. The only people who don't have problems, at least as far as we know, are the people that have tombstones above their heads. If we're alive, we're dealing with stuff. Why not? people of faith, why not deal with stuff that matters? Instead of having these petty fights about how big my car is or how big my house is or what community I live in or what school my kids go to, why don't we engage with combating the systems and the principalities and the power that hurt other people? We all have power of differing means and ways We all have affluence of differing means and ways. We all have spiritual gifts of differing means and ways. And we are called to walk this path. We don't have to protect the way that things are anymore because the curtain of the temple has been torn in two from top to bottom. In Jesus, we have been shown who God is and what God desires and what God hopes for in terms of humanity and where God is leading us. And we may not bring in the kingdom. That's God's business. But our business as the saved people of God, as the ones who have been set free from all of this, the ones who have been given the courage to walk this path that is difficult to follow, the one that follows Jesus to the cross and is reborn in a new life, 
Our call is to meet the principalities and the powers knowing that they may prevail. Because they killed Jesus, <laughs> the principalities and the power. That story on Friday night and on Saturday and was not a happy ending. It was a normal ending. It was the usual ending. That's what happened to insurrectionists. That's what happens to the oppressed. They get killed. But in this case, God vindicates this path and says there is more to this world than what you realize. And I am calling you as followers, as my people, to follow my son into this new life. It is not just for you as an individual. It is for the body of Christ. And it is for all people. Because the curtain of the temple has been torn in two from top to bottom. May we, brothers and sisters, may we draw on courage. May we take heart for this is the path that we must travel. And it will be difficult. But we go with Almighty God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus, the one who died, yes, but the one who raised us to new life. Amen.